beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. Hey, 10 things to tell you listeners. As we approach 200 episodes here on the show, I am reaching back into the archives this summer for some of my favorite episodes from our early years that you might have missed. These are 10 things to tell you episodes that really capture the essence of the show, I think, and they are worth a re-listen. I'm also really examining what episodes have worked best since we launched in 2019 and the types of episodes that I want to focus on moving forward. I've put together a listener survey that I would love for you to fill out that would help us plan for episodes that will best serve our audience. That's you. You can find the 10 Things to Tell You listener survey at 10thingstotellyou.com slash survey. And this is your chance to tell me if you like solo episodes best or interview episodes, if you like long episodes or short ones, plus lots more questions for you to weigh in on what matters most to you as a podcast listener. The survey is completely anonymous, and again, you can find it at 10thingstotellyou.com slash survey. Thanks so much for listening to 10 Things to Tell You, and I hope you enjoy this classic episode from the archives. And by classic, I mean give me some grace on these older episodes. Solo podcasting, it has a steep learning curve. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves, and the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. It's that time of year, folks, the last week of the year, the transitional week between Christmas and New Year's, a time when we can feel exhausted or discombobulated from the holiday season or travel. And we can also feel a little bit melancholy at the close of a calendar year. And we can feel exhilarated by the promise of a fresh start, a new year looming, a new decade. 
There are a lot of emotional options this week, and if you're like me, you're feeling some version of all of these things, depending on the very minute. But if you clicked play on this bonus episode, then you're at least somewhat curious about something in the title, setting intentions, doing affirmations and vision boards. And so I want to state right off that I am not an expert in these things. In fact, they're relatively new to me in the last few years. And so like all episodes, I am not sharing these things with complete expertise just my own thoughts and experiences with them. And so I highly encourage your own research and also to start a conversation with friends about these things. Ask them how they feel about it. Ask if they've ever tried it. I've found that some of this stuff is way out there for some people, like lives in the woo-woo land, and it's totally old hat for other people. So let's just have conversations about it. We can always learn from one another, right? I'm going to start this episode by telling you a little bit about where I was in my head and heart at this exact same time last year. The end of 2018 was actually the beginning of a whole new cycle for me, but I did not know it at the time. I've shared before that last year was sort of a bumpy road for our family. My husband, Jeff, was making a movie that took him away from our family for months and months at a time. I was having some health issues. Our home was robbed. It was just a very start and stop season. I felt like I just could not find my footing anywhere. And by the holiday season, I was feeling pretty numb. I was just kind of going through the motions a little bit. And by the last week of the year, I was super ready to kiss it goodbye and start fresh. And on my calendar in the first week of January for 2019, was a girl's trip with one of my oldest and dearest friends, Kara. You might remember Kara from the Judy Bloom episode of this show, episode number six, if you want to go listen to her there. But we had booked a few days away at a spa in Arizona. Kara and I like to do weekends away together, and every couple of years, we make a very special trip. And this one was extra special. We'd sort of waited to splurge on this resort called Miraval because we were turning 40. We waited to do this. So we were all set to go to Arizona in the first few days of 2019. Now, let me just stop here and explain, give you some backstory that I have been into woo-woo spiritual stuff like pretty much my whole life. I've always had a dabbling curiosity in all things mystical, things we can't explain, the magic of the universe, I'm talking everything from like ghosts to ESP to dream interpretation. I don't know. My whole life, I've been curious about these type of things, but I've never gone all the way in. I'm really logical by nature. I'm generally a skeptic of things before I'm a believer. And I will most of the time argue that most people need to use their brains more in general. (laughs) But even with my personality that I think can be pretty grounded, there's always been this intuition, this counterbalance that fully believes in a spiritual realm that we don't understand. So excuse me if I occasionally talk out of both sides of my mouth on this topic, the total woo-woo and the completely logical. I really do hold a lot of ideas at one time here. So 
I'm telling you all that so you know where I'm coming from this episode. And a passing curiosity in the last few years in this stuff has really turned into it becoming a bigger part of my life. It started with really doing a deep dive into intuition several years ago. I really started making an effort to sit purposefully and listen to my intuition, to journal out of intuition, to really follow my intuition, and to stop ignoring this little voice inside of myself, and also to release the idea that I had to give it an absolute label. One of the things that kept all of this at arm's length for me as an adult was that I felt that it was counter to religion or that it was weird or something. And once I realized that I don't have to know exactly what it is, it can be God or the universe or spirit, or whatever language you're comfortable with, but I think we're all tapping into the same power. I believe it's coming from the same source. And I don't need absolute answers here for it to be a positive thing in my life. You know, I don't fully understand gravity, and yet it is a law of the universe that we have to work within. So no matter what your personal belief system is, the things we're going to talk about today can apply They are universal. So anyway, back to going to Arizona with my friend Kara. I was viewing this trip, even though we were going to this spa that's kind of famous for having some woo-woo elements to it, I was strictly viewing this trip as a girl's getaway. I wanted a massage. I wanted to sleep in. And the reason that I had such low expectations for any of the spiritual elements that make Arizona, the desert, famous, you know, for having vortexes or whatever, is because Kara and I had gone to a different spa in the Arizona desert, in Sedona, actually, years ago, during the time when I was trying to get more spiritual, and I was openly seeking some things. And during that first trip, I had done everything in my power to get some kind of message from God, some kind of message from the universe. And I had spent weeks ahead of that trip a few years ago, praying that I would be shown a clear path or something, shown a sign that I was already on the path. I'd put a lot of eggs in my spiritual basket years ago on an Arizona trip where I was just thinking I was going to get some clear answers or affirmations. And do you know what happened? Absolutely zero happened. I mean, less than zero. I signed up for every goofy treatment that they offered. I went and sat in a crystal cave. I journaled out my intentions. And nothing. Nothing. It was radio silence from the universe. Now, I have since learned that deafening silence like that is its own sort of answer. And I could have taken it as a better growth point than I did because all I did was be disappointed about it. It temporarily made me think that all spiritual stuff was just a scam and hokey. And truthfully, I was like kind of brokenhearted over it to just get such nothing when I really wanted some answers. And especially 
because my friend Kara, who was with me, who is a much more faithful human than I am, she is much less all over the map than I am. And as a surgeon, she's also very logical and grounded. She had put no stock in that first Arizona trip. And do you know what happened to her? I hope she won't mind me telling you, but she got all the messages from the universe on that trip. I mean, everyone was telling her all the things to affirm her place in the world. Like, I'm telling you, like the waiter was coming up to Kara to say that they needed to tell her something. It was crazy. Meanwhile, I'm sitting over in the corner with my mouth hanging open, getting like absolutely zero messages from one single moment of the trip. It was kind of funny, but it wasn't really funny to me. So on this trip this year, the first week of January 2019, we're going back to Arizona a few years after the disappointing experience, and this time I was keeping my heart firmly in check. Kara and I like Arizona because it has nice resorts. It's halfway between Oklahoma and California. That's where we're coming from. And all I wanted really was just a few days, a hot tub, With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U-Y-O-U. Good conversations with a friend. You can guess where this is going, right? This time I went in open-hearted. And this is important. Open-hearted is key. But I felt really firm on my own two feet. I was not desperately needy for a sign or any kind of magic or anything. I was excited for a new year after a rough one. And on a deep level, I felt strong and open, the very opposite of what I had felt the first time, which was the desert and closed off and sort of freaking out on a spiritual level instead of calm on a spiritual level. And what happened is I came home from Arizona this time, this first week of 2019, changed. I felt like someone had turned a faucet on inside of me and everything was flowing through me freely, like love, creativity, confidence, where before there had been like a really clogged up drain. I came home like a big hairball of gunk had been removed and it affected the entire rest of my year up until this very moment that I'm recording this. Relationships, work, food, sleep. They really changed for me this year. 
And I'm not telling you this story to give any single thing power. I cannot tell you if it was the Arizona desert itself and the properties of a desert. I don't know if it was the treatments I received, everything from Thai massage to acupuncture. You know, maybe it was just a few days of sleeping 12 hours a night or the rejuvenation that comes with being a dear friend for a few days. Or maybe it was all of those things combined, or it was none of those things. I don't know. And I was open to receiving change that week, no matter what. I don't want to give any one thing too much credit here, because you do not have to have the funds or the friends to go away with to a freaking resort to change your life. That is not the message. Don't let anyone tell you that. It's the opposite of what I want you to take from this story. Also, because I have done an almost identical trip where nothing happened. But the difference here is the ability to open yourself up and receive what the universe has to offer. That is available to everyone. And everything that we're going to talk about next in terms of affirmations, which I started this week last year, and setting intentions and doing vision boards, etc., all of us can do this stuff every day at home. I do think there's a real value to getting out of your space if you have that chance to kind of get out of your comfortable surroundings, to get out of your head, but it's not a guarantee of anything at all. The difference between the first Arizona trip and the second, besides the space of a few years, there was a time difference, it wasn't Arizona. It was me. It was where I was emotionally. So no matter where you are emotionally as you listen to this, whether you're in a really bad place and you're hoping there is something magic I'm going to reveal today about these practices, or if you're in a great place and you're just looking for reinforcements, the thing that is most required here is an openness to let them work, to believe that there's something outside of ourselves that we can realign with. And when we are in that kind of realignment with God, with the universe, that things will flow. Our own wisdom will come more easily. Our moods won't sway in the wind. And a healthy amount of skepticism is fine, but you have to believe on some level that these things will work. You have to believe that there is something to these practices. Because if you believe that you're going to have a sucky day, you are almost assuredly going to have a sucky day. But if you believe that change and joy is just around the corner and you keep walking towards that corner, then it will feel totally natural when you run into those things. Okay, so let's talk about the actual practices of setting intentions, affirmations, vision boards, and words of the year, all of these things. All right, so let's start with setting intentions. I talk about this more on episode number 29 titled, What Are Your Intentions? (laughs) All about intentions. But basically, if you're new to setting intentions, it's a way to set the tone, to frame the thing that you are setting an intention for. So for example, I might set an intention for the day ahead. So if my intention is to stay calm in my spirit all day, or my intention is to stay joyful in chaos, by stopping down at the beginning of the day and acknowledging this intention, really taking a minute to sit with it, say it out loud, maybe write it down, 
it really can affect how you carry yourself in the day that you started with such intention instead of just blazing through without thinking. You can also set an intention for a very specific interaction, like a hard conversation you're about to have, or for an event, a party, a meeting, anything like that. Teacher Wayne Dyer said, our intentions create our reality. And I have found this to be true. If you have a stated intention to be or act or receive something one way, then you are much more likely to act within that intention. Meaning if you set an intention to stay open during a certain conversation or a certain time frame, your awareness of being open will be so much more acute. And so when you start to close down, you will notice it. And hopefully you will remind yourself of your stated intention and try to open back up. Your intention has created that reality. Now, it's not always as cut and dry as I just described it. I do think there is something on a subconscious level that is also happening when you set intentions. Your brain and your body kind of kick in. Every part of you is really speaking to one another. And if the desired intention is really true, it's not driven by fear, it's not driven by someone else's expectations, but if the intention is really true to you, then all things conspire together for it then to become reality. I mostly set intentions for what is right in front of me, like the day, the party, something that is happening right now. This is just how I have used intention setting and how I found it to be effective. You can, of course, set an intention for the year. And so that's why I'm starting here. But also a year is a lot of information. So much can happen in a year. There are so many variables, so many things out of our control. Seems like a really big time frame to wrangle to me, but there are certain scenarios within a year that you might think of specifically setting an intention for. Maybe you're newly pregnant, so you're going to be pregnant for most of the year. You want to set intentions for that. Maybe there's an area in your life like your health or school or something where you have some specific intentions you want to set around your attitude or your actions. And if you don't have any of those things, but you want to set just a general intention for the year, then I think that's where people choose a word of the year or a mantra for the year. And they may not call that setting an intention, but it feels like a lot of the same idea to me. You've chosen a word or a phrase that you want to embody And the idea behind it is just really similar when you're talking in sort of big, wide generalities like this. For example, if your word of the year is joy, that might be your effort to bring joy into all parts of your life, to meditate on the joy you already have. And by holding that word sort of front and center, that is very much like an intention. My word of the year for this year that we're finishing up, it was release. I don't always have a word of the year. For a long time, I had phrases for the year, many mantras that kind of define certain timeframes for me. And then I took a few years off from all of that. It was starting to feel like a lot of outside pressure to pick certain words or to be a certain way around words of the year. And sometimes that stuff can be kind of private, not private like a big secret, but like private to your own growth. And I just didn't want it to be about 
anyone else. Sometimes felt like some of these things online can feel performative. And so I just, I stepped away from those areas for a little bit. But at the end of last year, the word release just kept coming to me over and over. And I knew it was something I should pay attention to. So I made it my word of the year without totally knowing what I was doing. And it ended up just really fitting where I was this year. Release came into play as I shed some old skin. Release would come to me when I was physically clenching my jaw or my fists too tightly. I just needed to loosen my grip. My husband released a movie, which is a funny twist on that word for me, but it just kept coming up in really relevant ways all through 2019. And I didn't have a word in my mind for 2020. I wasn't stressed about it at all. I would be totally fine to not have a word of the year. But just in the last 48 hours, as I'm thinking about this episode, it's so funny how this works. But just in the last couple of days, a word kept jumping out at me, and it's very unexpected. And that word is translate. Translate. It just kept coming to me. The Webster Dictionary definition of translate, a verb, has two meanings. One, to express the sense of words or text in another language. Or two, to move from one place or condition to another. Both of those definitions ring so true to me right now as I'm writing a book and some things are changing in my life. And so I'm just going with this word of the year that seems to have chosen me. Translate is my word for 2020. And if you have a word of the year, I would love to hear it. I love seeing what other people are focusing on or kind of meditating on for their season of life. You can send me a message or if you post about it online, make sure you tag the show at 10 things to tell you so I can see it. So that was all about intentions. Now let's talk about affirmations. Affirmations are something I started one year ago this week after hearing about them for years and years and years. It's a very common thing in Los Angeles, I feel like, at least to talk about affirmations. And I kind of thought they were silly. I did not want to do them. But finally, I got to a place where I was really willing to try anything. And honestly, affirmations are no skin off your back. It is not going to hurt you to try. No one ever has to know. And here I am telling you that there really is something to it. So why not just give it a whirl? Affirmations are kind of a neighbor to intentions in a way. They're doing very similar things in that putting something out there is affecting your consciousness. But instead of them being about something else, like setting an intention for a time period or an event, affirmations are about you, yourself, very directly. It's a very common directive to start affirmations with I am statements. So I am fill in the blank. I am beautiful in this body. I am the right person for this job. I am a good mom to my kids, and things like that. I don't think affirmations always have to be I am statements, but I do think they're a really good place to start. I also think that you shouldn't have too many of them. You can get lost in the weeds of it if you have too many affirmations. They sort of lose their effectiveness. It feels more effective to me to just have a handful that you repeat over and over for a time. 
it's the repetitive part of affirmations that makes you start to believe that they're true. Like if you start to say over and over every day, this is a beautiful home. This is a beautiful home. Then after a little bit, you're going to start to believe it. At the very least, you're going to see it with different eyes. And sometimes that's all you need, just a twinge of positive perspective shift that will make you see the whole world a little differently. I've been writing down five personal affirmations almost every single day this year. The same five sentences. Occasionally, I would throw in an extra one or two, but mostly it was the same five. And this simple little exercise has shifted how I feel about my body, my work, my role in my family. The repetitive nature of it has taught me to believe it about myself. And one of those things on my list, it wasn't true when I started writing it down every day, but I wanted it to be true and I just believed that it could be true. And here at the end of the year, it is something that is factually true. It wasn't true and now it is true. In fact, I'm about to drop it from my daily list of affirmations because it's no longer something I just believe about myself or want to believe about myself. It's actually a fact on paper, so I do not need to write it down every day anymore. I also have another set of affirmations, a special set that I only do before I work on book writing, which is not every day. But every time I sit down to do a chunk of work on the book, I start that time with these particular affirmations that are specific to the book. There are about 10 of them, so there's more of them. And one of them is... I am the only person who can write this exact book. This is an affirmation that helps me when the doubts creep in, when the bad self-talk comes to the surface, I am combating it with these affirmations. And now that I've been doing this for a few months before my book writing has really become a part of my creative ritual. It's the first thing I do. It sets the tone for my writing. It's like a signal to my brain okay, now we're moving into book mode. So affirmations can be done as part of a morning or evening routine. They can be done before like a game if you're a sports person or a performance if you're some kind of an artist or specific work tasks like how I'm doing it. Affirmations may make you feel goofy in the moment. Saying them out loud or writing them down, you might feel a little bit embarrassed. (laughs) I know that I did for like maybe the first week or so, but also I felt a difference pretty quickly, enough to drop any care about the embarrassment. I think that you should try it for seven days, for 14 days, 30 days. I don't know. Just give it some time to, you know, give it a real go and just see if it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for you, but I think you might be surprised by affirmations. Okay. Vision boards. Now, this is something I want to talk about because it's such a popular thing to do for the new year, but I have not had success with vision boards, and I've tried them a couple of different ways. That's why I'm talking about it third here, because I tried it at the beginning of the year two years ago. Nothing really came of it. I mean, I wasn't entirely sure what was supposed to come of it, but I'd made a very pretty collage on a bulletin board, and then I don't know. I don't feel like it affected me much. Vision boards are ostensibly supposed to help you 
visualize your life or your dreams that you're trying to create. It's like a physical, visible representation of what you want. So people put fancy things or successful people, pictures of them on their vision boards as inspiration. And I'm a huge believer that your space matters, like the space you live in, the space you work in. It really matters that it aligns with what you want it to do, whether that be a peaceful space or an invigorating space or whatever. And so in some ways, vision boards could be a little bit like that, like what you picture in your mind, what you are responding to visually is what you will attract and what you will be attracted to. But I just don't think I was doing that right. I put on my vision board aspiration type things, very pretty pictures of you know things that I was drawn to, but I wasn't really connected to it. And so if that's the case, I just don't think anything is going to work. You know, if you're feeling not really a connection to the thing you're doing. And as I was Googling around to see what vision boards should be doing or how you can make them work for you, I came across an article written by a therapist titled, Why Vision Boards Don't Work. I will link to this in the show notes, by the way. I want to read one little paragraph from it. In one study, researchers at the University of California asked one group of students to visualize themselves getting a great grade on an exam. They asked another group of students to visualize themselves studying for the exam. The students who visualized themselves getting a good grade scored lower on the test than the students who visualized themselves studying. Students who visualized themselves studying put more time into preparing for the test, and ultimately they scored better. That's just one example. There are a multitude of studies that show athletes, students, and musicians perform worse when they visualize themselves succeeding, as opposed to visualizing themselves going through the steps it takes to succeed. So I thought that was super interesting, a twist on how vision boards had been presented to me in the past on how they were supposed to work. This idea of it being about the process, it clicked with me somehow. Like instead of putting on my vision board the end goal, it would be more effective to put the representation of the process instead. So maybe this doesn't resonate with you at all. You are welcome to do your vision board however you want, however you think it would work for you. But I hear so many people rave about visualizations and it's just not something I'm totally sure is for me or not. However, here we are, the perfect time of year I'm in the mood to give it another shot. And so end of year, beginning of another, I'm going to try it. Other episodes that you might be interested in this week or next week, this time of year, just a few to remind you, episode 38 is about books for personal growth. It's where I talk about some of my favorite books on emotional development. Episode number 35, Ask Me in Three Months. We are almost to the end of this first three-month cycle. We'll start another one in January. That episode might be motivating for you. Episode 41 is 10 Tips to Organize Your Digital Photos. So that's a tangible, non-woo-woo episode. If you have goals to make a family yearbook or just to get your digital photographs in order in 2020, you will definitely want to listen to that episode. And then, of course, episode number 45, 10 Questions for the End of the Year. 
That is a must listen this week, and I am sharing each of those questions on the show's social media at 10 Things to Tell You, and I'm answering some of them on my personal Instagram at laura.tremaine. I hope that you have had a wonderful holiday season and are facing a brilliant kickoff for 2020. This has been a fun little bonus. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening.